Music has changed. How it makes us feel never will. The time is now to visit mstudios.co.za. Brought to you by Old Mutual. Hi, my name is Mac G. Welcome back to the Amp Studio Music Industry Podcast. It is brought to you by Old Mutual. If you'd like to be a part of Amp Studios or check out the masterclass and content we've created for you, just go to our website, www.ampstudios.co.za. That's www.ampdstudios.co.za. Or you can just send your name to our WhatsApp line, 081-707-6636. That's 081-707-6636. DJ Shims' rise to the top was slow and steady with a lot of bumps and curves. On this week's episode, he talks about his journey from a small young wannabe DJ to someone who's built an empire. If he can do it, so can you. So let's do it. How are you? I think you guys are more amped than I am. Yeah, I mean, I started, I started my DJing career um, at a very young age. I used to listen to like YFM. My brother used to collect a lot of compilations and vinyls, you know. So that's where I can say the love of the music started, you know. And I, I, I literally was that boy that didn't have any any ambitions of being a doctor or like a an engineer or want to go to space, you know. I, I literally didn't know what I wanted to do. Know, and I, I felt weird because at school people would be on some, yeah, I want to be an engineer. And I'd be on some, um, yeah, I want to be a, I don't know, you know, nothing interested me, you know, nothing made sense to me. I, I did not have any in, um, interest in anything else but something that I didn't know existed, you know. And I think there was some sort of a calling at that time. Uh, but obviously, because I was still very young, I didn't know what it was. Um, as time went on, you know, like I, I gravitated towards my my brother and his music collection and what was playing on radio. You know, YFM at that time was was quite huge. You know, it had just come out. There was this new international sound that was uh, booming. You know, like the interest of what um, Frankie Knuckles was doing, Louis Vega. You know. Um, they were coming to South Africa for shows, electric workshop. And I could see like the hype around my brother and his peers when they would used to go out on weekends, you know, and I was like, what is this thing that people are so happy about to go to? You know, and they're like, yeah, it's like festivals and 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 gigs and clubs, you know. And I was like, hmm, maybe one day I wanna go see what this thing is, you know. And luckily in, in my hood, Tembisa. There were these small things called stockfields. You know, you, we all know what stockfields are, you know. <laughs> so there were stockfields. And I remember I was still about 11, 11, 12-ish. And I used to go to these stockfields because there were like DJs that were playing there, you know. And I used to be that boy that would sit next to the speaker like this while the DJ is there, just looking over and checking what the DJ was doing, you know. And I was like, damn, this thing is like so cool. You know, like you sort of like in charge of of the party. You know, if you switch off the music, people literally stop and stare at you. You know, when you play a good song, people like vibe with you. And for me, that was like the sort of 
command I wanted, like that sort of gravitated towards me. I was like, I think this is what I want. You know, it's something that's fun. You know, obviously there are a lot of girls around and you've got like an entourage, you know, which was quite cool at that time, you know, and I sort of got into it and I was like, okay, maybe I should, I need to try this thing out. You know, I was 11 at the time and it was just about playing the music and that was it. And I kept going to these stock fields and obviously because I'm chilling next to the DJ, you sort of like get to see the, the routine, you know, it's like, okay, he's got a vinyl, he gets a new, he gets a, a different vinyl, puts it on the turntable, he puts the needle there. So like, as I'm watching, I'm sort of learning and seeing what this guy is doing all the time, you know? And at some point, you sort of know what's going on, although you don't hear what he's listening to on the headphones, but you know that it's a turntable, um, vinyl, needle, headphone, mixer, fader in, fader out, you know, which was sort of like basic, you know? So as time went on, my brother had brought a turntable to the house. He had a friend that was a DJ and he would literally just play vinyls one by one in the, in, in the house, you know, from our like um, house theater system. So when he left, I used to do the same thing. So I knew that when you put the needle at the beginning of the vinyl, that's where there's silence and then the song starts, you know, so that's the first beat. And I got it. Oh, this is why this guy was hold, like catching the first beat and letting it go, you know. So I sort of got to get the gist of what it was that what this DJ was doing. And I, I started like playing around, fooling around at home, you know. And I think fast forward to my, my first week in, in high school. I went to a high school called um, Sir Pierre van Reinefeld in Kempton Park um, in Ekurulene. So the first week of my, of my high, school, high school week, I was taking different routes, like to see which one is shorter, which one is interesting, you know. And I, I used to use the train to go to school. So I used to walk like, I think, 5Ks to the, to the train station, you know, catch a train and go to school which today I do as, as gymming, but yeah. <laughs> so I used to take different routes. And one day I took a route that went past a place called Swazi Inn in Tembisa. You know, so I was walking down, minding my own business. And then I went past this house, you know, and I could hear, man, like, because I was sort of like a bit clued up in terms of music and compilations, there was no compilation that we didn't have, like your Skittles, your Fresh, all of that, you know. And I could hear from, from the music that was playing in, like, the garage that, no, what's playing in there is definitely not a, a CD. You know, it's not a CD. It's not a, it's not a cassette. It's either this person is playing a mix that was done by someone else or this person is mixing in that garage, you know. So I stood outside and, like, I'm listening. I'm like, yes, this guy is like so dope, you know? And then out of nowhere, this guy pops out, you know, and he's like, dude, I've been seeing you, you've been standing outside and listening. Do you want to come in and check what we're doing? You know? And I was like, yeah, yeah. You know, I walked in and I get there and these guys have like turntables and like crates of vinyls. I was like, like, this is, 
this is it, you know? So I get there. And already by then, my, my school backpack had like my DJ name on it. It was like DJ Shimza, you know? And then this guy checks my bag and he's like, so you're a DJ? And I'm like, yeah, I am. <laughs> yeah, I am. And he's like, okay, show us what you got. And because I had a bit of, you know, self-learning and understanding, I got there, took the vinyl, put it there like a professional. Put the vinyl there, first beat, da, da. Obviously, like, my, my mix was not that perfect, you know, but this guy sort of saw, like, okay, he's not like a beginner, beginner, beginner. He's a beginner, beginner, you know, so I can sort of, like, work with him, you know. So from there, like, every day, like, after school, okay, now that was my route to, like, like go back home, you know. So every day I used to go there, practice every single day, you know, like, literally after school, I, I was not that kid that went to go play soccer with other kids or play mamal papa lingua no I was that guy that was that was playing with vinyls as as a as a as a after school type of um activity you know so as I practiced and and now I look back and I was like that the practicing that you were doing was like I was learning from professional DJs you know because these guys clearly were doing this for years before I met them, you know, and that's why I could sort of like pick up from the outside. I'm sure if I was walking past that day and I could hear people playing horses, you better that I would be on some night. I'm not, I'm not going to stand for this rubbish, you know, but these guys were so good, you know, they were like so dope that I, I, I was blessed to have people that were so competitive, were so, like so finicky about the smallest things, you know? And it it helped me build who I am today because we used to like have random battles like amongst each other, you know, like, nah, man, I think I'm better than you in terms of uh, my mixing skills and stuff, you know? And we used to like, okay, cool, let's bring it on. Put down turntables, let's go. And someone is judging, you know? Little did I know that at that time it looked like we were pissing on each other, but it was something that was training me to, to work under pressure, you know? So that, that practicing of every day um, created like some sort of urge to sort of be the best at what we were doing. And like, we, we, we were using like bad equipment, man, like belt drives. I don't know if you guys, okay, you guys would not know because you're like CDJ kids, you know? <laughs> Like, there's a difference between a, a Techniques turntable, which is like a professional turntable, and like the old belt drive turntables. I trained on those turntables where you would have to assist the turntable to move because it did not have the mechanism that the Techniques had, you know? So that, that, that struggle of making what you have at your disposal to work for you also helped me because we were like, we could have just chilled and be on some, okay, we're going to wait till one day one of us can afford to buy techniques and tables and then we'll start practicing. But we, we got to understand that this is it, you know, like this is it. If we can do what we want to do with what we have, 
then so be it, you know. So as time went on, man, like I I I sort of saw this thing as as not just a hobby, but something that could be something that I can I could live off, you know, as much as I didn't want to 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 just be a DJ because at that time when you're a DJ it was like you just work on weekends and that's it. You know, but because I went to school, I went to I went to primary, I finished primary, I went to high school, my whole high school years I, I used to like practice, you know, so like grade eight, grade nine, grade ten, grade eleven, till matric. That was like my practicing years. So I like practiced for five years on on bad equipment, you know. So at some point when I was like in grade 11, 10, 11, um, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm confident because I practice every day on pop equipment. And now we, we, we've, been, we've been battling in the house together and we sort of like have that thing to say, we don't think there's anyone else anywhere in the world that's, that's doing what we're doing, especially in South Africa, you know, and we started entering DJing competitions. And the reason why we did that is because we understood that for you to be the best, you need to play amongst the best. And obviously not everyone is going to want to go out to battle and embarrass themselves. Obviously, whoever who's there in that competition believes that they've got like something unique that they can present to, to whatever competition. I hope you're enjoying this episode of Amp Studios Music Industry Podcast. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after these. As you build your career in music, as you build your brand, make sure you diversify. A lot of artists who are struggling financially right now are those who don't have alternatives. Create multiple streams of income. As an artist, your brand can actually open doors for you. You can be a social media influencer. You can be a brand ambassador. Capitalize on your brand. Make sure you have multiple streams of income. That is what you need. Artists with a strong online presence are in a better position to make money even during the pandemic, simply because they had a proper plan in place. So you cannot achieve that unless you partner with a financial advisor. You cannot be relying on concepts. If no concepts, no bag. For you to secure your bag, make sure you multiply your streams of income. Music has changed. How it makes us feel never will. The time is now to visit mstudios.co.za. Brought to you by Old Mutual. Welcome back. Let's get back into this week's Amp Studios Music Industry Podcast. I started going to competitions, man, as at 16, 15, 16, 17. I was in those things, man, and I was just knocking out. You know, like I remember I, I used to beg my 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 family for for DJing equipment. My mom, okay, Nasadi Gain, she was like, dude, I'm a teacher, you need to go to school. This whole DJing thing of yours must just wait, you know. So I couldn't ask my mom for anything, you know. I couldn't ask my mom for, for money to buy vinyls. I couldn't ask money for, for a taxi to go buy my vinyls or anything, you know. So I understood that this person is angry at me because I don't want to be a doctor, you know. And she, she's working so hard to take me to school. And I'm telling her that I want to play music, like you know and I sort of understood it and I, I accepted it I was like okay it's cool if you don't want to be part of it 
I'll try and, and do what I can to to prove to you that I can I can make something out of this path that I've taken. So I'm gonna let you be be that old angry woman teacher, and I'll just do me, you know. Um. So I remember there was a a, a conference at the baseline, uh, the South African Music Conference, that's like organized by DJU. Fresh, uh, Fresh, Greg Maloka, Vinita Vinci, Oskido, um, and DJ Christos. Um, they call themselves DJU as as a as a consortium. So they had like a, a conference that was a week a week long, and it was during school holidays. So I'm like, okay, I wanna I wanna go to this conference because I think I learned something else that probably I'm not exposed to, you know, and. I, I asked my mom, I was like, Molid, there's this conference that I want to go to and it's like 250 for, for a registration fee and it's like a week, a week long. You know? And she was like, dude, I told you, I'm, I'm not interested. So leave me alone. You know? So I was like, okay, cool. It's fine. Um, I, had, I had two friends, Dominic and Small, and I told them, I was like, guys, I want to go to this conference, but hey, you know, I don't work. So um, I'm going to need assistance with this thing, you know? And they were like, okay, cool, it's fine. Um, they combined the money and they were like, cool, we got, we've got you. Every day we went to this conference and it, it unlocked my mind so much because we were learning from experienced people who've been through what we are going to go through. Um, they shared our stories like I am with you guys today, you know? And you sort of pick up with different people's stories that, oh, this actually makes a bit of sense to my story, you know? Maybe I'm in the right path or maybe I'm on the, right, on the wrong path, you know? So I didn't take, I didn't take advantage of, of, of those moments, of, of the conference, of all the conversations I had with people around me because they helped me. They formed like a sort of pathway to say, okay, I think if I can go this way, I might be doing the right thing, you know? So after that, conference on the friday there was a there was a dj competition um for that conference and the the prize was for you to win like new turntables and a mixer and stuff you know like i need to get onto that thing you know so i was i was there and i was like i need to i need to enter this competition you know i need to make sure that i'm on that stage and on that friday i was carrying my vinyls in plastics because I couldn't afford a DJ bag, a proper DJ bag. So I was there with my plastics. I think I had about 20 vinyls, you know, like, so 10, 10. And I was there chilling, you know, waiting for the, the con I think I didn't even listen to what was happening that Friday. I was just waiting for like the DJ competition. So I was chilling there and they were like, okay, it's cool. Um, who wants to battle it out? And I was there, I'm the tiniest in that whole room. And I'm like, yeah, me, 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 me. And I'm sure they were just looking at me on some, this guy's just going to waste our time. And they were just picking people like, you, 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 come on stage. So now it's like a whole um, fight because everyone wants this equipment, you know. So they call the guys that were chosen, come, come on stage, come on stage. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm not going to be left out. So I go as well, even though they didn't pick me, I just go, you know. And when I get there, this stubborn timer, it's like, we didn't choose you. Like, where are you going? You know? I was like, Shit. 
So I was the last person and they cut the line. But I stood there, man. I stood there with my vinyls and I was like, I don't know what's going to happen, but it needs to happen now. So one of the guys that was on stage is like, you know what? I'll swap my place for that kid to come on. You know? So I go on stage and like these guys are playing and I'm just sitting there on some, yo, I need to do this thing. I need to do this thing. So now I've, I'm sort of like used to the nerves, you know, of, of me just up in the, in the room with my three other guys, you know. So the pressure was not that much, you know. It was, it was, it was okay. You know? It was like, okay, I'm doing another battle, you know. So I was there, the youngest guy, and I knocked everyone off, you know. I won that competition. I was like, yeah, now we're talking. I've got now proper equipment at home you know took the boxes got home and i was like i'm gonna show the teacher at home that <laughs> i did this thing you know got home i was like yo my lady i i won this thing remember that conference that i was telling you about that you didn't want me to go to i was there and like i won this equipment you know and she's like wow you actually quite serious you know and now i've got equipment at home there's like obviously because it was like an industry um, conference there were a lot of promoters a lot of djs that were doing parties at certain places which took my numbers i was now exposed to like mosquito and greg and you know and obviously with them they're like we 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 need to hold this kid close but not too close because he might be a time ticking bomb you know he might be we might let him in and then like he drops out of school and his vibe just changes, you know? And over the years, like I had to sort of mend those relationships, prove to them that nah, I'm I'm not here for for the girls that I thought was like the you know. And I'm I'm here for for the music. I'm here. I wanna just DJ. I wanna make a living out of this. I'm inspired by you guys. I wanna be like you one day, you know? And I had to work towards gaining the trust of the people that were going to help me in my career, you know? So I had to go to school. When I pass, I need to send my reports to everyone, you know, to say, guys, I've passed, you know, like, so they don't, they don't seem like, and I used to, I used to see it like every time school holidays, when they come, they sort of like start chatting to me, all of them, you know? And then I'm like, yeah, I passed. And then like one or two will say, yeah, I've got this thing somewhere, come through and, and play, you know? I'd be there on time, get there, play. After playing, sit on my corner, watch what they're doing, how they handle the crowd. So it was just a constant learning experience for me, you know? And I was, I was happy that I had people on my side that were 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 willing to sort of guide me and help me through my career, you know. So there was a guy called, there is still a guy called Brawili, you know. So Brawili was like, actually, actually Brawili is the guy that cut the line, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Now you want to work with me, you know. So Brawili, fortunately enough, he was also from Tebisa. So we had like a connection and he was mainly like the, the stage manager at all these big festivals where like the freshers and, 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 and 
Greg's and Vinny's were, were playing. So he was the go-to guy because at some point he was like the manager of Boomshaka, you know, so he was clued up, you know, he was, he was the guy to, to, to be your guy, you know. So I remember even when, when Fed Cook and Mahuta used to do those spring bash um, events, which were like huge, you know, he used to say, be there at nine in the morning. And I'd be on something like, why nine o'clock security made like DJs? Like there's no one playing at that time, you know? And you're on some, dude, just get there early and just chill. I'll make a plan for you, you know? So I'd be that guy that would be at a festival at nine in the morning, you know, when even the sound is not on, but I'm there just chilling, waiting on the side for that one opportunity where one DJ is late and I can jump on, you know? So I was fortunate to have the stage manager who was literally running everything. And he used to like be strategic about it, you know? He used to like, okay, cool. I know I can't throw this boy in the deep end after a skid or, or like, I need to like place him nicely, you know? So he'd create like small, small gaps in between, like even if it's a 15 minute, cause he knew that I could deliver, you know? So during those 15 minutes, I used to go there and just kill it, you know? And I, 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 I used to ask him all the time. I was like, did I do it right? You know, he's like, yeah, you did it right, but um, you can't play this and so, this and so, um, this and this place, person's music because they're performing later. You need to be very careful about those type of things. So, oh, I got it. I was like, oh, okay. So it means if I'm playing with, Oskido, I can't play songs that are his compilation because he needs to he needs to play them because they're on his compilation. That's what people want to to listen to in that festival, you know. So I got those small little um experiences that helped me like groom my brain into this whole DJ that I wanted to be. You know, so at like 18. You know, I was like a full-on DJ and I, I I didn't have to worry about working on my DJing anymore. You know, now it was like, okay, I I I can do it. You know, I, I play at all these parties and I can see how people um, relate to what I do and it's all good and well. But what's the next, what's the next level? Like, what's the next level of my, my career? And I was like, okay, cool. I'm, I'm out of matric. What can I do? I'm, I'm not going to study and be a, an accountant. Like, I'd be so unhappy, you know? And I was like, okay, I'm going to do a marketing diploma. And, and why I thought about that was like, I think the, the next step, I've got the DJing part. I know the art, but I need to I need to build a brand towards like being an mosquito one day, you know. And what could help me? I was like, I need to do a marketing um, course somewhere, you know. So I went to Varsity College, and I did a marketing course for for a year, you know. Just a year, you know. <laughs> so I, I I got there. Uh, it was cool. Like, it was so exciting when I started. Like, they're talking about market research and, like, a brand positioning and that. And I was like, cool, this is actually what I need, you know? 
And I learned so much within that year. And then the next year, I went back. I was like, I wonder what the next step is, you know. And I started speaking about strategic accounting, what, what. And I was like, <laughs> you know, like, nah, I don't think I want to be talking about statistics and stuff. I, I think I'm cool now, you know. And I was like, to my mom, my lady, I, I, I think I, I got what I wanted from this course. And I don't want you to waste your money, you know, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fail. We're going to fight in the house. And, and she was like, cool, dude. If you think you're a man now, do your thing. But you must just know that from today on, if you're not going to go to school, do not ask me for shit. You know, so I was like, okay, cool. It's, it's okay. It's fine. You know, so now I'm like, I need to start making money out of this thing. You know, I need to start making money. Just even if it's just to buy airtime. That was an Amp Studios Music Industry podcast brought to you by Old Mutual. I hope you're learning a lot and loving the series. Please subscribe right now to make sure you don't miss out on more. And if you'd like to see videos or access more content or even use the Amp Studios facilities, or maybe you just want to be part of our Amp Studios journey, go to our website. That's ampedstudios.co.za, ampdstudios.co.za and sign up there. You can also sign up by sending your name to our WhatsApp line on 081 707 Double six three six. That's O eight one seven zero seven double six three six. Music has changed. How it makes us feel never will. The time is now to visit mstudios.co.za. Brought to you by Old Mutual.